Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Studio 6 Paranormal Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hill, with my wonderful co-host, Shane Peek. How are you doing? Yo, I'm doing great. Good. Uh, today, tonight, actually, we have uh, a guest who I haven't really heard from her, so we'll see what happens. But right now, um, if she contacts me, then I will talk with her and get her on. But right now, we're going to kind of play it by ear. So yeah. first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to my show on Talking with the Source. It was, it was, it was a great time. AJ and uh, Robin were cool. Yep. Um, um, I, I also had a, a show that I did last week with um, Spirit Talk Rescue. That was fun. That was really, really fun, actually. Um, so, awesome. yeah, there, there's quite a few um, different podcasts that are popping up. I mean, more so now than how we experienced before. I mean, we've been doing oh, yeah. it going on two and a half, three years, whatever, and it, yep. it's like it's exploded. You know, so there are a lot of good podcasts out there. Um, I do want to say, too, that right now, <clears throat> uh, Studio 6 Paranormal Entertainment has expanded a little bit more and are now on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, you can find us on quite a few, you know, Pod, uh, BeanPod, um, Fusebox. I mean, we're kind of everywhere. So. You can find our link in Twitter uh, for the Apple Podcasts, as well as um, finding us on Google Podcasts. So if you just Google our name, uh, we'll come up uh, with Google Podcasts as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things that we got going out, which is kind of cool. A lot of it's audio, but um, we have our videos that we do on Facebook and um, YouTube. So, you know, we kind of cover a whole spectrum of things but uh yeah it's nice to get get out there a little bit farther it's uh, really nice to be able to be on uh iheart radio yeah one of the things that i was trying to acquire a while ago and it's not as easy as everybody thinks it <laughs> is <laughs> yeah I mean, so um but it, we got it done so uh, make sure that you guys check that out uh, you can check us out at twitter at studio six Enter- studio six paranormal entertainment Twitter, and then you could find our links there for our Apple Podcasts and I think Spotify. So, um, yeah. Other than that, let's talk a little bit about um, where you were at recently. Oh, yeah. Let's and, do that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to the uh, Bell Mansion for the Paracon that was down there. And uh, had a really good turnout. The place was packed. Vendors were packed in like sardines. Yeah. They almost needed a bigger space. But uh, everything went smooth there. I met a lot of people, saw a lot of good stuff. Uh, hang out, hung out with uh, Elliot and Nat from ACG. Hung out awesome. with uh, Corbin Bentley. So that went out uh, pretty excellent. Uh, gave some demos of the board. Did some live data there so people could see how that thing was working. Um, okay. Did some new demos of the Ghost CB radio. I finally completed that project and it's working. Yeah, I really want to be able to, not to cut you off, but I mean, I really wanted yeah. to see how that works. So if you could sometime make a video of that. Oh, yeah. That would, be, that would be cool that we could actually, you know, post it on here so people can see and see how it works. And yeah, yep. um, that is truly uh something that i'm really interested in so yeah go ahead. sorry don't so the it. device the device basically is think of like a cb radio mm-hmm. uh, but instead of talking to truckers <laughs> yeah. it, it talks to the other side by uh listening to and emitting emf and so we did some experiments um i got together with uh corbin bentley and okay. we did another investigation that same weekend at the Bird Cell Mansion in okay. South Bend. Nice. And that's a cool building and lots of cool stuff. Fair amount of activity as well. Uh, but we did some experiments. Uh, of course, the board did its normal 
uh, run. And I did statistical analysis that didn't find too much. So as far as that's concerned, it was pretty calm. But the thing we did find was that uh, Corbin is, is looking at into the stone tape theory stuff, you know, where, you know, where the environment, especially rock, you know, picks up uh, the energy of the people that live there and then, you know, replays it back. Right. And so he, I told him, well, I've never tested it, but the device is functional. Let's see what happens if we try to uh, listen to the rocks. Okay. And we were quite surprised that very strange things happened. Wow. So to start out with, you know, the theory is that the certain kinds of minerals store the, you know, the energy and that it could be measurable. So first thing I started out with doing was just taking a basic voltmeter mm -hmm. and putting it to the various rocks. Well, at first I kept getting just zeros on everything. Just nothing happened. Then I found two or three rocks that, with the voltmeter, you would start getting fluctuating millivolt signals. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but I guess not impossible, you know, especially since, you know, the earth has magnetic fields and electric fields going through it all the time. Right. The interesting thing was only certain rocks gave readings. Everything else was zero. So uh, then uh, we decided to run the wand of the device over those rocks that showed electrical activity with the multimeter. Hmm. Well, that was a surprise because what we heard, uh, once you rotated the wand to kind of null out the, uh, 60 cycle AC hum from just, you know, fluorescent lights and whatever else that was around. Right. We started hearing all kinds of faint whispers. Really? Yeah, like kind of these faint, like it sounded like five or six people in a little tiny room all talking, whispering at the same time. You couldn't make out any of the words. Right. But they definitely <clears throat> had a whisper sound to them and they sounded like they had a language to them. Wow. And so at first I was kind of like, that's weird. And then we tried, you know, get closer to it. It would get louder. If you got away from the rock, it'd get quieter. Mm -hmm. Out in the room, we couldn't really find much. Um, so that happened. And then this is where it even gets more weird. Mm -hmm. So we were in the basement, of course, checking these rocks because the whole basement of this building is uh, 1800s stonework you know, with mortar in between big, large field stones. So, and the wife, she was upstairs on the third floor doing her own EVP sessions, etc. So we're a good long distance away. Mm -hmm. So we decide, well, now that we can hear whispering on certain rocks, let's pick the strongest one, put the wand right up to it and try transmitting to it. So basically oh. going the other direction. Well, that caused a stir. So three things basically happened. Number one, almost immediately after talking into the microphone and transmitting my voice via EMF into the rock, there was a large, two large thumps, and it sounded like something falling onto the floor off of a table because you actually heard, the you, you kind of heard a, a scratch sound, and then you heard, Thump, 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 thump. You know, like right. something had fell on the floor and bounced a little bit. And then there was another one that was just kind of a single thunk that happened. That mm -hmm. happened literally five or ten seconds after we transmitted and said stuff. Then, at the same time, un unknown to me, while the wife was doing her EVP sessions upstairs, she was videotaping her session, and she had her EMF meter up there. Well, at the exact time that the stuff fell on the floor or within seconds of that, there was two huge spikes of EMF. So, so those two things happened. And then the third thing that happened was after we talked for a few seconds, 
the stone quit whispering. Really? And then slowly after maybe five, ten minutes, mm -hmm. it slowly started coming back and eventually got back to pretty close to what it was. Now, obviously, I have not found any laws of physics that will support this. And I have no way of describing it other than some of those rocks were dark gray and they had possibly iron or other magnetite or other, you know, metallic or magnetic particles in them. Right. But my theory, and this is just a rough theory, was that when we decided to talk. Oops. Oops. Sorry. Lord, my bad. That was interesting. Yeah. I was trying to do two things at once and it kind of didn't work. <laughs> two, get two, two birds stoned at once. Yeah, right. So anyways, my theory is when we transmitted and sent that powerful EMF energy into that rock, whatever entity that lived in that mm -hmm. got really upset shot out of there, went up through the floor, knocked some stuff on the floor, on the ground, on the way up, and then shot up through the top of the building, up through my wife's EMF meter, <laughs> and set that off and then left. And then later came back. Because literally, when you unkeyed the mic, mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when we unkeyed the mic after talking, the whispers were gone. You could still hear the faint buzz of the lights. You could still hear the faint background noise of the earth, which is just kind of like, sounds like an AM radio turned down to really low volume and just on no station at all, where it's just the crackle. Right. That's what the earth <clears throat> sounds like in EMF when you're listening to it. So if you put the wand to the ground or whatnot. Right. So that was heard, but the whispering sounds went away. And they okay. didn't come back for probably, I don't know the exact time because I wasn't stopwatch timing it, but it was probably 10 minutes or close to before it came back. Wow. So I don't know what all that means. It's the first time it's ever happened. It's the second investigation that the device has ever been at. So it's new and untested. And it was strange. Yeah. Uh, some other things that we had found uh, while we we're walking around down there. Uh, there is a vault in the basement that's built right into the wall Okay. Uh, in that location. And it used to be at one time a lawyer's office. Okay. Uh, way back, I don't know, probably 1930s, 40s. I, maybe I got the numbers wrong, but pretty close to there. And there's, of course, there's a little library in that vault, a bunch of old, you know, 1940s books and stuff. We mm -hmm. scanned the books in that whole area, totally silent, except for the buzz of the, you know, AC. But again, <clears throat> there were a couple rocks in that section of the basement mm -hmm. that did have the light whispering sounds. Not as strong as the first ones we come across, but they were still there. But this next part is, is, um, of course, Corbin had his, had the headphones on and he was using the device and we were in that safe. And at first we didn't hear anything. And the great thing about the safe is when you close the door, the metal blocks out all the outside world. Right. Well, then, of course, all you hear is the earth's natural sound and all the buzz went away and everything. It was just quiet. So we turned the volume up on it pretty far. Mm -hmm. And he asked a question. I don't remember what the exact question was. But all of a sudden there was a female voice. It just kind of went, hey, like that. And it was loud enough that even though I didn't have the headphones on, I could hear that come out the headphones from standing next to him. And he's like, oh. wow, do you hear that? And I was like, yeah. So whatever it is, it seems to stir, <laughs> stir the entities up because, you know, emitting your voice in loud GMF, I don't know what it does, but it definitely... Uh, causes immediate activity wow that's cool so so yeah i want to <clears throat> we got to get together and investigate someplace i mean that's just yes you know um yep 
been trying to figure out um, some place that we can go. I'd like to go someplace in Chicago, someplace, you know, I mean, I don't know. And if that's not to... too far from me. That's only a couple right, hours. Right, right. No that's not even, that's an hour and 20 minutes or 10 minutes for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like <clears throat> maybe possibly get a hold of Nat from ACG. Yes. And uh, Elliot and find out for sure, you know, where it would be a good place for you to. Oh, use yeah, they could find good ones. Yeah, that, use your, that equipment and this and that and. Yeah, we'll meet yeah. up. We'll do an investigation. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, because I'm really curious to see how both of your those things that you've made that you know work yep. in the field. But and it's also kind of like, uh, you know, people can we can show a video of it, and you know, people can kind of be a little educated on some of the stuff that we that are you know that's coming yep. out. And <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that some of the the tech that's going around now um it's it's starting to evolve slowly but surely yep you know yes but. yeah as far as i know i mean i don't know obviously every ghost gadget that's ever been made but as far as i know that's the first one of those mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but yeah that's just pretty cool um do you have anything coming up in in like the next couple months or uh not really I'm going to do some more refinements on that device. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to add a second uh, audio output jack that's not controlled by the volume control mm -hmm. that can go out to a voice recorder. Okay. Because okay. I want to be able to simultaneously voice record everything it hears, but I don't want the volume on the recorder to change every time I turn the knob for the headphones. Right, right. <clears throat> so I got to add a circuit to that to uh, allow that. But okay. I think I think that's going to be pretty impressive once I can mm -hmm. start recording these things. Because right now, you know, you can listen in the headphones and hear the whispering sounds or hear the sounds of, you know, the environment. But until you can record them and let other people hear them, it's kind of hard to give evidence for it. Right, right. Um, now, have you worked with other people in, a, in the field and you, have you seen them use some stuff that you cringe oh yeah um <laughs> like i say i've i've mentioned on previous shows you know the the fake rem pods mm -hmm. that just make sounds and blink lights randomly mm -hmm. you know at random intervals right. that's just dirty right um uh i don't know i've seen people use trigger objects uh which I don't have anything against that, but, you know, they'll like set, you know, a little ball on the edge of the table, but they'll set it so close to the edge that somebody walking around upstairs could vibrate it enough to make it fall down. You know, kind of some things like that happen. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. A lot of people still come up with the orbs thing, you know, and I still haven't, you know, come up with any good explanation other than, you know, 99.99% of the time, it's some kind of camera artifact or a bug mm -hmm. or dust right. or something, you know, right. and, and I see almost daily mm -hmm. in my feeds, randomly people posting their mm -hmm. orb pictures and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. and I, and I will tell you about a cool thing I saw. Um, this wasn't claimed to be an orb, but it was just a neat camera uh, artifact. So a friend of mine had taken a picture of a kitchen area. And up above was some bright, uh, I don't know what you call them, like lights that would go for a ceiling fan. And because the lights were shining into the camera, the camera lens itself refracted that light and made an image of those light bulbs mm -hmm. on the side of a cooking stove that had a towel hanging on the front of it. Okay. And so it looked like there was these faint green lights, oh, picked, okay. like a light bulb, looked like they were being emitted by the towel. 
Okay. But if you looked at the angles just right, it was like, oh, well, it's the light that's up above coming down, refracting through the lens, and then appearing as though it was in front of that front end of the stove with the towel hanging on the towel rack. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really realistic, realistic looking. It almost looked like a Photoshop, but I know the person and it wasn't. And it's just like, wow, that was an amazing example of a camera artifact that I wish every ghost hunter could see. Right, right. That's Actually, crazy. if I got got you the image, could you could you <clears throat> put it up? Uh yeah. Yeah, give me just one second. I think I can get it. Okay. All right. All right. Let me get on my phone here and see if I can send it over. Let's see here. We're getting close here. <laughs> I have too many pictures. That's what the problem is. Uh, I know. One more place to look. But anyway, yeah, this will be really cool. Tracy once said, what is the topic? Um, we're just kind of shooting the shit. You know, we're yes. talking everything about we're talking ghosts and, and paranormal and tech and whatever random whatevers. Yep. Yeah. All right. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Hopefully, it comes up soon. It was just an amazing, amazing. Pay. Yep, there it is. Okay. Right, Are you going to send it to my phone and see if I can't get it to? Yeah, I'll send you, it to. Or I'll actually, you know what? You could. How big is it? Pretty small, I think. Okay, you can send it to my email because then I can just access it right out of my computer. Yes. Okay. I can, do, I can do that. Actually, you can get your messenger on your computer too. Yeah, I had that happen. <laughs> and then. Um, Actually, I think if I just send it to myself, mm -hmm. I can maybe bring it up on the screen. Right. You probably should be able to. It's in your, it's in your. Uh... Oh, yeah. Didn't Karen say it to send that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So if you can get that on the screen somehow. Okay. That is an amazing example of. Oh, and then here's a picture of the. I'll also um, send the picture of the full room so they can see what it looks like. Okay. Because this is a really important thing for ghost hunters to to realize that cameras can do really strange things. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, while I'm doing that, okay. Um, tell us how much uh, you're doing with the with the with the board right now. I mean, are you still yeah? I've been out numbers with I, that. Yeah, every investigation I go to, it's pretty much the key, the key part. Not the only part. I mean, we still do an EVP session, or and we play some games. You know, the dice game, the card game. You know, we do some statistical games with them. But yes, the the sensor board with data collection has been used every single time. And we have been getting reasonably statistically significant hits. Okay. And one thing I have a new piece of software that I wrote just recently that will let you combine statistics from investigations. And so I'm hoping that with some more research, that's going to give a big picture of the paranormal world because okay. I've saved all the data from every single investigation that I've done with the board. Okay. And so this new software will let me pick out, like if I see a pattern of things happening, like I commonly see 
if radiation or excuse me, if EMF gets a spike, mm -hmm. I'll see a drop in radiation or I'll see a spike in radiation and a drop in EMF. And that seems to be happening frequently. Okay. You know? And of course, at first I thought, well, maybe it's just a, a glitch in the board. So I intentionally made EMF and the radiation didn't change. And I intentionally put a radioactive object near it. Radiation changed, but the EMF didn't. So whatever it is, is, is site specific, you know, cause here at my house, nothing happened, but at multiple locations, I've seen this same thing happen. Okay. Well, this new software will let me take those numbers from each individual investigation and it does like a combining study. And then it gives you an overall probability that the event is truly happening and not just some random statistical noise. Okay. This is the same type of software that you would use in like a medical setting where let's say 10 different hospitals did the same study on some drug and then they wanted to do an overall did the drug work or not. Okay. Well, so you could take those 10 sets of data crunch them down, put them in the software, and it'll give you an overall as though you did one big study. Oh. Well, this does the same thing for ghost statistical data. It all works the same. Science is science. So my goal is, when I get a little more time, is to dig up a whole bunch of those investigations, find the ones where I noted these events happening, and then put all the data in and see if I get you know, if it's statistically significant across all the investigation, so it mm -hmm. really is a thing, or is it just randomly happening and it's not really anything? So that's another cool thing I've been working on and, it, and I have functioning. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. You've been busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, as it gets, you know, summertime, I'll get busier and busier with other things outside of ghost hunting. It seems right. like most of the ghost hunting happens in the off months <laughs> right right summer is just too much outside camping and hiking and every other kind of thing right all right let's see if i can't get this thing to work here do you have two screens or just one i have two yeah so if you push it off to the second screen open it up full screen and then yeah. just share the second screen oh so just open the image on the other screen, full size. Okay. Go down to the bottom, hit present or whatever and share. And share the second screen. And that's by far the easiest way I've found to do it. Ah. Yay. There it is. You did it. See? I did it. <laughs> so in this environment, you can see there's a ceiling fan with some really bright lights. Okay. Then if you look down by the towel on the stove hanging there, okay. you'll see there's a black towel behind and then a lighter colored towel. And then you see those reflections of the lights. You can see them reflecting in there, the bluish green lights. Yeah, there okay. you go. So, so let, yeah. Oh, wow. See how they are? So those look like those lights are just right in the stove. See? But they're not. Uh, they're actually, gotcha. and, okay. and because yep, the yep. and because the object behind it is that towel hanging there, that black towel, it's not reflecting from the stove because yeah. the towel can't reflect. What right. that is right. is the light entered at an angle into the camera lens, reflected uh -huh. around and refracted around inside the lens, and became part of the image in another spot. Huh. That's crazy. So. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah, and that is that is why so many times when people send photos, you know, you can look at it. I mean, like my friend Kenny Biddle, he gets like 3 million of those photos. I don't even know. People send him that stuff all the time. And <laughs> I'm going to say probably one out of like a thousand actually has something that's unexplainable. I mean... The right. cameras can do so many strange things, you know, uh -huh. and me and me being a photographer on the side, I, you know, I do a lot of photography mm -hmm. outside of the paranormal world as well as in it. 
and you get to know eventually you can just recognize those things you know right right and but it is difficult you know you get somebody that really is set that well i got something and it's cool it's like well you did get something yeah (laughs) and it's cool but it's probably not paranormal right and of course then the tomatoes start flying and yeah yeah right (laughs) they're throwing stuff at you because you're you're debunking their pictures but anyways that was a really classic awesome example of a camera anomaly right right and then those happen all the time you think what you're seeing is is legit and then yeah it would just take a few minutes to yep and there's no trickery involved in that right right honestly it's just a straight photo Mm -hmm. you know and and one thing that's important is to learn your camera settings beyond just the point and shoot and push the button, you know, don't Uh put it on full Uh auto because a lot of times the cameras, especially modern ones, try to fix the image for you or try to fix light levels or color gradients or whatever. Uh And they end up creating anomalies because of their automatic nature. The second thing is if at all, absolutely possible, don't take pictures with flash. Yeah. Because flash f- bounces all around the room, causes lights, causes every bug and and other mm-hmm. insect to show up. Every dust particle gets lit real bright. And mm-hmm. of course, you don't see these particles and things when you're in the semi-dark room and you're wandering around. Right, right. But as soon as you flash that camera flash, now the whole room's filled with spots and circles and dots and funky colors and washout mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. So yeah. the better way to do it is to, well, there's two methods. Number one, you can do a good old fashioned time exposure, as long as it's not absolutely pitch black. I mean, it can be mm-hmm. so dark, you can barely see, and you can do right. a long time exposure with a tripod on your camera and right. it will be almost daylight and you can yeah. see what's in the room when nothing's there. Right. Then the other thing you can do is again, put it on time exposure but then take a small diffuse light and just kind of shine it quickly in the room while the exposure is happening and then stop. What you will get then is a much shorter exposure, but because the light is dim and diffuse, Mm -hmm. it won't pick up all the bugs. It won't pick up all the dust particles. It won't make reflections all around the room. Right. And so, so that's an important uh, technique you can use. Um, the other thing I found is shiny objects. Like one time I was at the Van Buren Poorhouse Museum. I was in their kitchen area and it was almost pitch dark. And I took this nice long time exposure. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I was like, wow, that's a cool picture. And then I was going back and I looked <coughs> and it looked like up on the shelf, there was something glowing. It almost looked like two green eyes. Huh. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? <laughs> Luckily, I had looked at it before I left, see, you know, before I left the property. Mm-hmm. So I went back down there, and this time I turned the light on and I looked in the exact spot where I took the picture. Well, sitting up on top of the cabinet in the kitchen area was a a glazed vase, like a flower vase. Right. Well, it was very shiny. And the way outside, there was a faint yard light coming in the window. I mean, just faint. You couldn't even see in the room. But with the time exposure and that shiny glaze on the outside of that vase, Mm -hmm. you actually saw like two dots. And it was two different images of that outside yard light real faint but the the vase itself was black but it had a a a shiny finish so all you saw was two little green dots it almost looked like cat eyes up on top the shelf but when i flicked the light on and saw the vase i was like oh and then i got up by the vase and i looked back and i like oh yeah you can see the yard light through the window so it's like i mean but it looked real i mean in that time exposure everything was just glorious there were no orbs there were no nothing but there's just these two green dots up on the top of that dark <laughs> shelf. And you're like, what? I mean, you could have posted that thing on Facebook and in a paranormal right. page. And that thing would have kind of got 500 comments. Oh yeah. Yeah. But 
once I looked at it, I was like, oh, well, that's not what that is. Right. It's not nothing paranormal to see here, guys. Keep moving. It's nothing like, you know, getting all excited and then all of a sudden be disappointed yes. like that. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Kind of like, oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, I mean, in the paranormal field now, I mean, it's it's we want to see, we want to have evidence. We want to be able to hear evidence. We want to be yep. able to, you know what I mean? So I think part of that has gotten a little away from everybody. You know, I think that yeah if, if, if it's not there it's not there you know what i mean yep. so I, that's the way i kind of look at it so well and there's a there's a broader issue in the paranormal community and of course the tomatoes are going to come again <laughs> from saying yeah. this one but right. <clears throat> i think there's too much competition especially in the entertainment section of paranormal mm-hmm. you know the the people that basically don't even use equipment or they might, but they're not exactly sure. And they just going in there and 90% of it is to make bump scares, to do their ghost pose, to show off some location, you know, some jump scares and stuff. The whole thing is just entertainment. That kind Mm -hmm. of thing from all the people I've seen in social media, it just seems to be this giant competition for views. And it's like, okay, I mean, it's entertaining to kind of watch, but what are you doing to advance the field? And, you know, I mean, if you're specifically going out and saying, yes, this is an entertainment show and it's more of like a a horror show than it is a paranormal investigation, hundred percent fine. Everybody loves a good, you know, slasher flick. But if you're touting it as an investigation and it's scientific and truthful and all this, you know, but you know what? Scary sells. That's, that's, you know, that's true. But that, that, you know, people want to be scared. But in in a lot of these shows, I see them using the meter, you know, and they'll show some close ups and they're pushing buttons and it's, and it's a hundred percent obvious. They have no idea how the gadget even works. I mean, they can get it turned on and, there it is. You know, it's like things are in the wrong mode. Settings are messed up just by watching right. their screen right. display. So it's right. like. Right. So so you be, being scientific and coming from that type of background, that it's easy for you to discern that there's a lot of people that, that can't discern that. Yes. And take it for face value. Yeah. So um, don't send any hate mail to Shane. Yeah. Please. Don't send it to me. I don't <laughs> want it. You know, you know another I, common I, one I see is. You know, and and I don't know how exactly you would do this without doing it this way, but people are holding a mel meter in one hand, and they're using their cell phone to live stream the event in the other hand, mm-hmm. and then they're wondering why they're getting massive EMF spikes and the thing is going nuts and showing all kinds of random readings. Right. Well, right. In order for you to live stream, you can't be in airplane mode because you got to be connected to the tower to send your video. Right. Right. Well, so uh, so let me let me it. ask you real quick though. Let me ask you real quick. I don't mean to cut you off, but I no I've always wanted this. I always ask wanted to ask this question. So let's say that you have uh, a camcorder that has Wi-Fi. Yes. Will that affect that meter as well? Is if the Wi-Fi is enabled, yes. Okay. Okay. Because it will, when it's transferring video or pictures, of course there'll be this constant stream of pulses of EMF. And of course the meter will just show pegged, but then even when the Wi-Fi is off, it will occasionally do a single ping or two, just looking to see if there's any access points out there. Okay. You know, just like on your phone, you're, you're walking around all of a sudden it comes up with a little notification available Wi-Fi in your area. Well, every so often your phone goes, Hey, is anybody out there? Hey, is anybody out there? And it keeps sending out this little beacon. Well, every time it sends out that beacon, if you have any kind of EMF meter within six feet of that thing, it's going to show up on there. And it'll do it at random times. And it'll do it for random periods of time. Because sometimes it'll just send one little burst. Sometimes it'll send several little bursts. But the problem is it looks just like some entity. So if this is happening at the same time you're doing an EVP, you think you're getting stuff answered. And all that's happened is somebody forgot to shut their cell phone off or put it in airplane mode okay. and or a camera, and it's trying to talk back to 
so how how can you fix that so that that doesn't happen? Well, you can put your stuff in airplane mode, okay, which literally tells the radio to turn off because those same pulses that affect your EMF meter also affect aircraft instrumentation. Okay. Which is why when you're on the airplane, they all tell you to turn your cell phones off or put them in airplane mode because they don't want those bursts messing with an instrument that's telling them how high in the sky you are or what direction you're going. Right. Right. So basically putting your devices in that airplane mode or turning the Wi-Fi completely off and disabling it helps. Now, of course, that means you can't live stream, but you can record with your camcorder and then upload it when you're done. I mean, right. you won't be the live at right. the second, but right. you can upload right. it at the end of the investigation. There's real, really no way unless you have an Ethernet connection to a the wire, a wired, a wired connection to the Internet. You could live stream from that. No problem, because those wires are shielded pretty well and it won't bother right. the EMF right. meter. But so anything how, with so Wi-Fi, how would, Bluetooth. So how would you do that? Well, I mean, I mean, if so, let's say you were in a, in a location. Yes. The place would actually have to have an, a wired connection somewhere. Correct. Uh, an Ethernet jack that you could plug into. A phone into. line, maybe. Well, not a phone line, but a an Ethernet jack, like on the back of your router. Okay. So if you plugged into the back of your router, shut off your router's Wi-Fi, plug that into, like, say, your laptop, and put up a webcam, you could then stream it with no EMF being generated. Or okay. minimal amounts. Okay. Well, that's that's good news for me. So, some of these people are just hearing this now for the first time that I've al- they've always wondered how to do that without so that they don't get false positives. You know what I yes. mean? Yes, correct. And a lot of those frequencies and a lot of those, you know, things with the with the Wi-Fi and all that. I mean, that is a real big problem. Yeah. You know. So. Well, and here's another incident I come across recently. Of course, my data board, sensor board, logs EMF. And, you know, quite often in this one location, people would get these massive bursts on their K2 meters. I mean, it'd peg clear up to the last light. Mm -hmm. And it would just happen. And sometimes it'd happen when they're doing an EVP session. Sometimes it wouldn't. Well, so I'm logging along with the board while they're doing sessions and other things. And finally, when I go back and I look at the data... I realized that every 10 minutes and eight seconds, there's this little burst of EMF, pretty, actually pretty strong burst of EMF. Okay. Exactly to the second, 10 minutes and eight seconds. Okay. It went through almost the entire evening. Well, every time that happened, you got these random crazy activity on the EMF meters. Okay. Well, once I saw that it was that, I realized, okay, this is not ghost made. No ghost is going to sit there with a stopwatch and go, okay, it's time. EMF. Okay. So I was like, this can't right. be ghost. This is man-made, right. mechanically generated. And you know, uh, a frequency. Yeah. 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 So once I looked around a little bit, cause I was still at the location, which is another reason sometimes I'll glance at the data before I leave a location. Because I want to see if there was weirdness. Well, what it turns out is in the backyard is a sprinkler system. And as it's sprinkling, about every 10 minutes and 8 seconds, (laughs) the the pump kicks on to refill the tank again for the sprinklers. And so when that pump runs for those, kicks on and runs for those few seconds, you get this mass amount of EMF that just flooded the whole building. Really? Because the pump was in the basement. And a okay. pump is a big electric motor. And an EMF is what makes uh, an electric motor spin. Right, so right. while that pump <clears throat> is running, which is why air conditioners, furnaces, uh, water pumps, water heaters, electric stoves, washers and dryers, any of those big appliances that draw a lot of current, mm-hmm. when they cycle on or off, you can see the EMF change through the entire building. And because this pump would kick on for just a few seconds and shut off and then kick on and shut off at exact intervals, if you're just wandering around with an EMF meter, K2 or whatnot, you might not realize that it's happening exactly at the same time, especially if you're in the dark and you're not paying attention. You know, there's an interval, but you don't notice it. 
You know, that that is that is really interesting in that sense where a lot of people probably don't know that whole definition of how you describe that. You know what I mean? So that yeah. they can they're they're like, we didn't really think about that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping yeah. that there's enough of paranormal people that do investigations that know that information. Yeah. yeah. But, well, and the, and the other thing that's important is that's where the data loggers come in, mm-hmm. the automated logging, because if you were just logging that by yourself, with a pencil and paper and an EMF meter. Yeah. You could eventually figure it out. If you, right. if you set it there, didn't do anything else and just watched it. And every 10 minutes and a few seconds, you saw it jump. Eventually you would look at the time and be like, wait a minute, that happens every 10 minutes. Right. But most right. people, number one, during an investigation, you don't have enough time to kill hours just right. watching a pattern. Right. right. And number two, it's tedious and it sucks. Yeah. And you got to also have your watch synced really careful yeah. and you got to pay attention and not miss one. And so anyways, the data logging board, cause it's logging everything every second, it sees these patterns, mm-hmm. you know, and you would never know otherwise as a human. Right. So, th- so for everybody who doesn't, who everybody who do, do not know, Shane had created this board. We call it the board. Um, it's a data logger. It's, it kind of, does a lot of different things, but that's how he comes up with these numbers. That's how he yep. comes up with these. Yeah. So the sensor. Yeah. These things that come that happen randomly like this, that he can, he can figure this out and he could pretty much tell you what this board, if it's paranormal or not. Yes. And that's the main purpose of it. I mean, it, it, all it can really do is monitor the environment, mm-hmm. whether entities can actually alter the environment is a theory that no one can prove yet. Right now, I've seen a lot of evidence of it mm-hmm. and correlations, which also you got to remember, correlation isn't always causation. Right. But yes, I've seen a lot of correlations, and which is part of the reason I want to do this big picture study to find mm-hmm. out if the all the different locations they're exhibiting that have had haunted stuff happen. <clears throat> so is this a, is this an ongoing thing? Like this is going to take you a couple years to do this, or is this going to be? No, I basically I got to free up a, a weekend with nothing better to do pull all but the data the, but off when you server. but when you when you need an extensive research platform to get an accurate trend no i have the software i wrote the software already all i gotta do is dig through the data find the numbers from the previous investigations plug them in there and it'll puke out the number and, and when it, the numbers it pukes out will tell you how likely it was chance how strong the evidence is and how big the effect size was. Right. Excuse right. me. Yeah. So <laughs> basically those three numbers tell you all you need to know because the P value tells you the probability, mm-hmm. how much probability that this isn't chance. Mm-hmm. And then the next number is the effect size, which tells you how strong was the effect. Right. And then the third value is basically just how many together um data points did you have so you know right. if you had a hundred data points from 10 sites you'd have like a thousand data right. points overall did you did you have that when you went to see elliot and uh nat did you have that with you yeah so we had we played with it we played with those devices we had the board <laughs> with us we actually i i looked at it of course it was there's thousand people moving around and everything was right. going on so the sensors right. were just going crazy oh, right, right. Their cell phones. but yeah we were looking at live data from the from the event yeah yeah and that we was also, bell, bell mansion yes bell mansion in south in uh fort wayne fort wayne okay yep bell mansion okay. in fort wayne it was a great paracon yeah what did you think about that building in itself i think it was really awesome but i couldn't give you any paranormal opinion because there's a thousand people in it literally every right. square inch of that building it was you had to turn sideways to walk because really? it was so, so many people packed in there and it's a big oh, building. It's three floors, four floors, three or four. Right. Floors. Yeah, it's huge. Wow. And it was just, it was packed. That was a great Paracon. Really? I met a lot of cool people, lots of cool stuff, saw, you know, a lot of ghost gadgets and things. Right. You know, right. gave some live demos of the board. Nice. Nice. Oh, and that's also where we discovered that, <laughs> this sounds crazy, but the, the, par- the ghost CB yeah. can hear people's brain activity. What? Yeah. We found out if you push it right close to their head, you hear this faint rushing sound. Kind of sounds like 
uh, how, what is the sound like? It kind of sounds like if you took sandpaper and just kind of pushed it along at a continuous pace, kind of a shh. Oh, okay. Okay. And then when you pull it away from their head, it fades off and you put oh, it real wow. close. But if you tell them, I was like, hey, Elliot, don't think for a minute. <laughs> and it would fade. It would fade oh, out about halfway. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Elliot, think about something. And so he, he looks at Nat and it goes, and it's like making oh, all this noise. Wow. So that I, is, now that is something right there. But your mind emits EMF because right, right. that's how they have ECG, e, EKGs, right, no, right. ECG, e, ECGs. Yeah, where they put the things all over your head and that's they do EKG. the brain. That's EKG. EKG. Yeah, when yeah. that's those things pick up the same thing that the ghost CB does. They're more sensitive and they're directly made to do it, so they're better at it. Okay, so but what, but your mind that? still creates that electrical field. Talk about okay, so you, you use that wand for putting it up to somebody's head, Elliot's head. Mm-hmm. So, would you be able to possibly do that with a haunted object? Absolutely, okay. Yes. okay. Uh, actually, Corbin and I tried this. Okay, he has some little haunted doll that he brought with him when we did the, the bird cell uh mansion in South Bend. Okay, and when I went the wand over it, not too much happened. Okay. So I don't know anything about that. Either A, maybe it wasn't haunted, or B, it just wasn't making EMF. I did hear the room buzz from the you know the electrical outlets and stuff. Right, so I know right. it was working, but right. I didn't hear that telltale. Do you, have a, do, do you yes. have a picture that you can upload? Yes. Give me a second. I'll get one for you. All right. Let's see if I got one here real quick. Yeah, you can. If you can upload it there, that's fine. If not, you can just send it to me and I'll just screenshot it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get there. Give me one second here. All right, that's fine. Let me dump into my server here and pull one. Okay. So, do you think that you can downsize that? Um, It's pretty small. And the smaller, because of the laws of physics, the smaller the. Uh, wand or the the pickup the less sensitive it is huh so is there any way is, to make make that wand smaller but stronger no because physics unfortunately okay yeah i would know nothing about physics <laughs> yeah I'm, well I'm, I'm spiritual not physical <laughs> yeah well all right so i'm finding a picture here i'm almost there okay i'm in the right folder i just got to get the right picture Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that there's a there's there's a lot of other people too that are trying to do this more in the scientific methods, you know, of, of methods and stuff like that, and create things, you know. Um, it's kind of like behind the scenes, and what you you created, basically, I know that you've talked to a couple of your colleagues, and they share your same sentiment of that's really pretty cool. You know, that's that's something that we all in the paranormal field that we want to get the truth. Yes. You know what I mean? And get but get the proof, but get legitimate proof and legitimate everything, you know. Absolutely. So I don't think that there's any easier way to to try to come up with the whole the evidence and I mean yeah, there's there's teams I've seen on YouTube that have faked it and they've admitted they faked it and it's just like what what's the purpose of that i mean it's just then you're you're in the wrong business you know all right so so i'm gonna send a picture of the wand and the device and i'll send a picture of the board too okay so you can post both of those so almost there got the picture i just got to drop it in the window So here's a picture of the board. Pretty good one with it actually running on location. Okay. And here's a picture of the wand at the Upjohn Mansion. And this was when this was the very first investigation it went ever went on and um it, so it still has the battery taped to the top of it. That's long since been fixed. 
oh. but you can see the devices. Okay. So if you do that same thing, you can bring them up on yep. the other screen and then. Yep. I will send them really quick. But I really believe that the, the data logging is the key here. Um, there's a device made, I think it's called EDI. I don't remember the manufacturer exactly. That might even be the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. They have a nifty kind of consumerized version of my board that's in a little box that will data log. Okay. Um, now it only does like temperature parametric pressure, vibration, and EMF, I think. But that's a good start. And I've used one of those successfully. Right. And it, it gave decent data. Okay. So here is, let's see if I can, yeah. To share the second screen. Okay. All right. So there's the board in operation at the uh, Upjohn Mansion. I seem to have a lot of mansions. I don't know how, but anyway. <laughs> so, anyways, that dev device records 26 parameters every second. So, things like time, uh, temperature, humidity, barometric pressure, dew point, uh, magnetic field. Uh, ions, radiation, metal, uh, three different kinds of light, UV, IR, uh, motion sensing. It does all those things. Uh, and it records everything with a date timestamp every second. Wow. It stores it on a thumb drive. It can also plug into your laptop with a cord, no Wi-Fi, <laughs> with a cord. Right. And you can watch the results live on the laptop during the investigation. And it even has some statistical software in it that will tell you when spikes or abnormal things are happening on each that's, sensor. That's so cool. So you can just sit there and watch the screen and be like, oh, yeah, things are happening that are outside of normal. So it looks at the baseline and then compares the numbers that it's getting with the baseline mm -hmm. and says, wait a minute, this is way outside. Something changed. Right, right. And it shows you those things. All right. So then oh. the other picture, this is the Ghost CB. So it's got an old CB radio microphone. Right. It's got a little box. Unfortunately, it still has the battery taped to the top of it because I haven't <laughs> finished. It wasn't completely finished. It's functional. That's it was a totally really functional. old old CB radio. Yep. That's the microphone from one of them. Nice. All I used was the mic. The whole rest of the thing is just an enclosure I made and whatever. Right. And right. then it's got a wand. You can see it there with the red search coil. Think yep. of it kind of like a metal detector. And then right. headphones. And then yep. the, the, the knob that's on there is the volume control and power switch. Okay. So you just, all, you know, it's only got one control. You just turn it on and you turn the volume up till it's comfortable and you wave the wand around. The nice thing about the wand is it's directional. Mm -hmm. So you can literally signal search and find EMF sources. So if you okay. hear a buzz going, you can right. rotate it back and forth and walk right up and keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger until you can literally find the object that's making the EMF. Right. So, so what Which, I'm going to, what yep. I'm going to do is, is I'm going to take these pictures and I'm going to post them on the studio six paranormal page. Absolutely. So people can know what exactly what we're talking about. And yep. you know, uh, when we, when I uh, broadcast this up on like iHeartRadio and stuff, you know, I'll tell people to, to go to the, the yep. Facebook page and check out these pictures. And so that you'll understand what we're talking about. Yep. And a lot of people kind of just, you know, they watch this stuff and then they, but when you engage like this or educate people yep. with stuff that is really pretty cool, you yes. know, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's just, I learned so. more talking to you than I have in a couple <laughs> of years. I mean, seriously, I mean, yep. there's so many things that you, you get done that it's just amazing. Yep. So, so, all right. Well, I think we're just about, at the end of a show yeah all right so i want to thank everybody for tuning in um even though we didn't have our guest um we had an impromptu tech talk with shane yeah we we did we had an <laughs> impromptu tech talk yes and i mean we didn't have a lot of people on the uh 
checking us out, which is fine, you know, but um, this was fun. Yep. I like, and like I said, so if you want to check out the pictures of the, the device and what would you call this other? I call it the ghost CB. It's okay, like ghost CB, CB radio for ghosts. Okay, so I'll, I'll put that on there as a ghost CB radio and I will post that on Studio 6 Paranormal Entertainment okay. uh, page on Facebook. Excellent. Um, I will probably also do it um, on Twitter too. So sure. Uh, again, I want to thank Excellent. everybody who did tune in and who is going to tune into this on radio. So um, next week, I'm not sure we do have a guest next week and I will find out who that is because I erased my calendar. Uh Oh, well, I had to get a new one because for some reason the calendar I used wanted me to pay them money to use their calendar. And I said, Oh, hell no. No. And so I nope. deleted it before I got my schedule. So I was I was more mad than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But alrighty. Uh, but yeah. All right. All right. Have a good one. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you very much, yep. everybody. See ya.